Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 28. This week on the episode, I've got a conversation with John from the band Karma Kids, based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, so it's always nice when I get to talk to somebody pretty local. Um, I'm about an hour north of Indianapolis, so uh, very familiar with the indie music scene and things like that. So um, again, it was just a really cool uh, chance for us to connect and, and go over some stuff. Uh, on this week's episode, we talk about their new album. Um, we talk about just all sorts of stuff. The inspiration for the music, um, kind of how John got started in this project and kind of, uh, you know, what what led to creating a um, two-disc project out of this. So uh, the new album set is called Dystopian Dream, um, and it has part one, which is American Mind, and part two, which is Land of the Free. Um, and it's a really cool set of concept albums, and John talks about some of it uh, through the episode here, but Basically, on part one, all of the songs are around the American mind and different uh, mental health struggles and things like that. Uh, and then part two is Land of the Free, and it's about all sorts of different like conspiracy theories and just the, the state of the world and things like that. So it's a really cool uh, concept, and you know I was really interested to check it out. So... We're going to jump into our conversation with John. All right, so from we'll jump into the, the actual interview portion, um, and we're going to just kick this off with uh, the opening interview question that every single person ever asks, and that is your name, what you do in the band, and just a little background on you. All right. Um, my name's John. I am the vocalist in Karma Kids, and um, I've kind of always been into music. I've been in a bunch of different bands, and toured and all that fun stuff but um this just started uh really as a test for my um like audio production and it like the songs just kept coming and we got kind of too far into it and it started <laughs> we started taking it um seriously and wanting to really pursue it so um that's kind of how this all came to be awesome man um so you guys are Relatively new, uh, a little over a year old as far as a band goes now. Um, kind of talk about the, you just briefly touched on it, but the formation, you know, just kind of the the way that it went from, hey, let's just test this little project to, hey, you know, I think this is time for us to, to focus on. Well, we, um, we got the first couple songs, me and uh, our guitarist, Zach, got the first couple songs. Um, from the part one record and we got kind of the concept behind it of it all like each song on that being um like a, written from a first person's perspective from different uh, mental ailments um and it like kept growing like the songs we um got a really well thought out like concept record out of it and um again we ended up with a almost 50 minute record just for the part one and we like with that much material, I mean, we like all of this. So we really wanted to uh, just keep going for it. And then we decided to do the double album. And uh, the second album is all about different uh, modern conspiracies. And the whole thing kind of plays together as um, like just 
how fucked things are like in modern civilization and society. And it, um, we just really liked how those two went together. So we, uh, really wanted to put our all into it. Yeah. Awesome. And so for those that aren't familiar, um, the two disc album slash project, uh, is called dystopian dream. And then you have Mm -hmm. part one that is the American mind and then part two, which is, um, land of the free. So, Mm -hmm. Let's touch on both. Um, obviously, we'll get to, to part two because that got released a little ahead of schedule based on everything that's been going on. But um, for part one, you know, one thing that kind of drew me into it is, like you said, it, it's got the um, basis around different mental illnesses and, and things like that. Um, that's one of our big focuses here at You Make the Scene is mental health awareness and things like that, especially in the music industry. Um <clears throat> So let's dive into that a little bit. Tell me, you know, kind of just what made you think that, you know, this is something that we could could do a project around? Um, I mean, it's something that everyone pretty much can relate to in some form, um, whether or not they will recognize it. Um, and we just, like, I'll talk about whatever. So I was just, when writing the ones that pertain to me at least, um, I could just be honest as fuck. And it was, uh, that just, that makes it real. And, you know, um, Zach also, um, did some of the lyrics for some of them, uh, that pertain a bit more to him at the time. Um, and it really just gave us an outlet to like, be like, Hey, this is this situation and this is how it makes you feel. And, this is, you know, this is how it, um, like, what I would come out with going, like, dealing with this problem right now. Right, right. So kind of bringing to light, you know, for maybe people that don't struggle with it, some mm-hmm. some perspective on what may be um, the underlying cause with a friend or a family member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, I, like I said, I thought that was a really cool, uh, concept with everything that we do on the mental health, you know, music, I, I preach pretty heavily about music being a, a therapy and a release, whether you're creating it or consuming it. Um, and I think that's a a perfect example where, like you said, it's when it's relating to you, you're able to be more real and honest and, and just have kind of that outlet. Yeah. And like, Think I'm like it's nice that that's um, recognized because that means that we did um, our job correctly with uh, how we wrote it. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's the key is you know obviously from a a self uh, congratulating standpoint or whatever you know that that's a good measure of of the success of that album whether it hits you know a million streams or not if you get that fan reaction that hey, I really related to this or this really helped me through that. Like, I think that's sometimes more powerful and more rewarding than the the numbers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So on um, part two, like I said, you guys decided to release that a little bit ahead of schedule simply because uh, the world is fucked and COVID-19 sucks and <laughs> has pretty much put a stop to everything. Um Talk about kind of the the mentality that went into, um, you know, not holding on to it. You 
you could have leaked out, you know, track here and there, but not holding on to it and just saying, let's do this. Well, we like, um, we've done three shows right now. Um, we've been mainly a digital presence, getting this all rolling. And if we can't do shows right now to like really build ourselves, we, we just need to get content out there and, um, keep just things rolling out. We've been, uh, recording some covers that we're going to start sprinkling in. And, um, like, I didn't want to like, honestly, who knows how long it's going to be till like we can play shows and people are comfortable going to them again. So, um, I, I didn't want to just hold on to it for that long and then have it be so far apart from, uh, part one. Yeah. So it, uh, and I mean, I, we finished it a bit early. Um, the, when we can do shows again, we're going to have a physical release and, um, a, like both parts will be together on streaming services. And, um, I am going to go back and, um, change a few things up and then, um, probably update the mix and master on that. Um, so there'll still be something, um, somewhat new when like around the time we were originally going to release it. Um, but I just wanted that like out now. Yeah, just yeah. to you know, keep the ball rolling. Yeah, totally makes sense. And you know, like you said, the being able to at least put out content right now, I think, is is huge. You can tell the bands that are um, more engaged, I guess, or more aware of their fan base, maybe um, mm-hmm. seem to be still doing something. You know, whether it's releasing B sides or doing Instagram live streams or whatever, like they seem to be doing something. Versus you've got some bands that this is a vacation and they've not really done a whole lot since. I mean, I think if you're quiet right now during this, it's um, definitely not going to work in your favor. Um, You could like, because so many bands are doing so many cool things right now um, digitally for the fans that if you're not, uh, you might start to fizzle out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a perfect example of, you know, no matter how big of a, a fan you are of a band, if we go, hopefully not, but let's say this thing takes, you know, six more months and you don't really hear or see anything else from them, like, cool, why am I supporting a band that's not not about it, you know, like not mm-hmm. not involved or not uh, pushing forward? So I think you're, you're absolutely right in that mindset of staying in front of the kids. I say kids, but the fans and everything um, yeah. with some sort of content. So um, you said you were working on some some covers and stuff like that. Uh, are you doing covers that are kind of similar to your genre, or are you doing some, like, reimaginings of other artists? Um, it's mostly, like, rap stuff. Um, okay. Like, um, we are going to do some uh, more, like, pop-punk covers we've got in mind, but um, I like writing rap covers and then making them either heavy or pop-punk. Um, I just, that's something that kind of clicks for me when I, um, like, when I hear, I, I'd say it's mostly with, like, what they say, call emo rap, because mm-hmm. um, those are, like, I see those as, like, pop-punk songs just with beats over them instead of instruments. Yeah. And, um so when I like some, if it's got like a hook that really clicks with me or just, I can really hear what I would do with them. So I just kind of want to execute it and then usually ends up as a finished product pretty quick. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I definitely agree. I like way back in the day I was in pretty heavy into rap and then I just, you know, kind of faded out of it because of the way that 
the mainstream rap uh, kind of began or what or you know started changing mm-hmm. um but then with with a lot of that emo rap it's like okay i'm i'm back in because it's stuff you know song topics that i relate to you know mm-hmm. i'm i'm not a gangster i don't know what it's like to to roll down <laughs> the street wanting to shoot cops or whatever <laughs> like that that doesn't interest me so it never hooked me but you know when you're mm-hmm. talking about i'm going to use the the cheesiest example, but post Malone, you know, like when you're talking about the, the ex-girlfriend and just the, the sadness and things like that, like, okay, mm-hmm. you, you've got me hooked back in. So, um, I think that'll be cool for, for seeing what you guys can do with taking something like that and just kind of turning the direction of it. Yeah. We, um, the one we have out right now is a uh, candy and it was by MGK and trippy red. Mm-hmm. And, um, look, we've got that on all of our streaming services. Um, but that's kind of the, um, like stylistically how most of these covers, um, really end up. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so within, uh, the part two of dystopian mm-hmm. dream land of the free, you guys just released um, Matrix not too long ago as the, the mm-hmm. lead single on it um, and have a pretty big name on there. How did that collaboration with Jarrett from Bowling for Soup come to be? Um, a band I've gone on tour with, um, they're from Denton in Dallas. Uh, they're called Offended by Everything. Um, just from being from the area, they kind of knew the guys and um, actually just connected with them on social media and uh, brought up that we had that mutual friend and then just asked about getting uh, working on a track together. And uh, he was about the song. So, I mean, I was definitely stoked to have him on there. Um, it was, uh, I love how it turned out. Um, I kind of, I wrote it before I'd even talked to him and I just kind of like, if I had a feature pictured him on it. So that was super cool for that to all play through. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a really cool uh, kind of mashup, you know, with with his vocals and everything. Um, and I mean, talk about icons, right? Like Bowling yeah, for no Soup kidding. is kind of as high as of a praise as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I imagine most of that was done remotely and, and whatnot, right? Like sending tracks back and oh, forth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... Uh, with you being in music for a long time, maybe you'll you'll be able to speak to this some. But do you do you find it difficult or more challenging to do uh, collaborations or even just writing that way, where you're sending stuff back and forth, you know, digitally versus being in a studio with someone? Um, I think I prefer just sending them back and forth because um, I can work on my own time without pressure um, and like my schedule always sucks. So it's um, like the free time that I do have, it's, it makes it really easy to actually get something done. Yeah. And I mean, so that's kind of my feeling on it. I've been doing music journalism and stuff for 15, 16 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I've seen kind of the, the evolution of that. And I think for most people, the advantage to it, is you can be in the right headspace when you're actually working on it. You know, like yeah, scheduled studio time's great, but I only have a week and I have to make sure that this song translates the way that I thought it would versus mm-hmm. doing it digitally and collabing that way. You know, cool, I'll get it back to you in two weeks or whatever, and you can make sure that your headspace is right. 
Now I'll say on the other hand though, um, without that pressure, it's hard to, it's hard for me to know like when a song is done. Um, right. cause I'll, I'll listen to our stuff on repeat in the car, um, after I finish a bounce and, um, like sometimes the next day I say, Hey, I need to do this, this, and this to it. And sometimes like two months later, I'll say, Oh, I should have done that there. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just hard to know when, and even with, um, doing these, the double albums, it was real, it was like, I, there were so many times where I said, this is the last song for it. And then, um, I would just have like something in my head and then a whole nother five minute song would come out and that happened more than once. Right. Right. Um, most of this has been self-produced by you, correct? Or self-arranged anyway? Yeah, I've, uh, I've recorded it all in my dining room. Awesome. So as, as someone that's doing it very DIY, um, talk about that process a little bit. Obviously, you know, um, it's, it's much different than being on a label and and things like that, where they give you more direction or maybe more resources. What's it Mm -hmm. like to, to have this brainchild and then that feeling of being fully in control? Um, well, I've, it's, there's always some things that I, um, I'm picky as fuck with, um, what I like in production and it's like, I can go to what I want it to sound like immediately. And I don't have to, um, like try and convey like the sound I'm looking for through someone else. Um, and it's, I don't know, it just, it really pushes me and challenges me, um, to get the best product I can. So that's, like definitely helps me improve as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, example of, of what I was trying to get at there. I just recently mm-hmm. talked to another band where we were talking about the the difference of going into a studio and having a producer that maybe isn't as familiar with your work or the, the material that you're trying to produce and then trying to either convince them that this is what I would need the sound to sound like mm-hmm. or them trying to convince you that, no, this is what we need to do, you know? So I think it's, it's nice when you're in that control and can just say, this is as unapologetically me as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Absolutely. um, obviously with, with COVID, uh, music videos and stuff like that may not be a, a quick turnaround on anything, but are there plans to do some videos for, for different tracks off this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Blue Book off of um, uh, part two. We're going to do a video for that, hopefully within the next couple months. Um, We've got most of that planned out. Um, It's just getting um, a time where, like, everyone's a lot more comfortable to actually be around each other and get the shoot done. Right. Um, How does does that work for you as far as um, planning it out? You know what I mean? Like, Obviously, you wrote the song, so you kind of have a, a set of imagery in your head. But what what's that storyboard look like for you as far as when you lay it out? Um, I'll usually have like maybe a very vague idea of what um, the storyline would be. And then I can kind of usually see the performance shots in my head. And then um, I'll bring whatever I can, which usually is a lot less than I'm always going to think it is to whoever's going to shoot it and then um they'll usually just uh give input and then explain a few more ideas that i usually 
uh, can end up picturing pretty easily. And then that helps me build more off of it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, again, we keep going back to COVID fucking everything up, but (laughs) it's true. Um, kind of what are your plans? You know, let's say that the, the whole thing gets taken care of in June, July, whatever, and we're allowed to start having shows and, and people are comfortable with it. What's the like best case scenario for you guys? What's the plan as far as tours and things like that? Um, or shows, I guess. See, I've I've toured plenty of times, and I think unless you're to a point where that's really your um, like big money maker for your band, um, that it's kind of a dying breed and um i think there's going to be a turn in the industry soon of how touring works and i think um bands are going to start doing more effective touring which i think is going to be um less shows less often but to be but like bit bigger ones um and more just in major markets i think it's um because it's the it's just not what it was 10 15 years ago and i don't see it coming back to that at this point yeah i mean i i could definitely agree with that especially um you know the the a and b markets if you will i could see mm-hmm. a lot more focus on trying to get to the the a markets and maybe a little less frequent if i think you know anything that people have learned from from this mm-hmm. um regarding the music industry is there are options, you know, there's been so many live streams and and things like that, that are put together pretty well. So Mm -hmm. there's potential for those sorts of things. I saw, uh, back on, I think they recorded it the day before St. Patty's day, but, um, dropkick Murphy's actually played a empty room, had complete full professional production, recorded this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then on St. Patty's day, basically did it as a live stream of this performance. And it was a really cool thing to see like full, you know, full production, but just nobody there. And he, I think it took away a little bit from fan interaction, obviously, like you're Mm -hmm. just talking, but nobody's there to respond or whatever, but it was still cool that like, okay, it's possible to do a whole show and not have anybody present and still get across that, that energy and that message. I think that is going to um, really evolve for a lot of bands even after this and become a more popular thing. I just think there's some aspect of it missing that um, someone is going to figure out what that is. I don't know what it is, but I think someone's going to figure out something to um, just really make that like more personable. And um, I just don't know what it is. I can, I just see something, um, really changing that and going more in that way in general. Yeah. I mean, not, I don't, I don't think that'll be all shows are, but I think that'll, um, definitely be a new popular interest. Yeah. And I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, Shane told of Silverstein did a a little living room acoustic set a while back, um, Mm -hmm. on Facebook live or Instagram live, whatever. And, uh, you know, he was still able to read the comments and stuff and kind of interact, but, um, it was a really cool experience, and I think even if bands still want to tour, you know, maybe major labels push a lot of bands still out on tour and stuff, I could see this being kind of that filler for in-between album rotations or something like that where we're still mm-hmm. going to get together, we're still going to perform and put something out. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, I, I think it, I think you're right. There's an evolution coming. As far as um, like our plans, though, for shows, like sorry, I kind of veered off. <laughs> um, we're uh, our whatever we do for like our first show back is going to be the like official release for um, Dystopian Dream. Um, the whole thing is a double album, and um, we're just gonna um, come back with a bang with it. Awesome. Um, so since we're both from you know pretty much the same area i'm down like i said in in indy pretty much all the time um tons of venues down there do you have one that's kind of the the ideal for the the album release you know what i mean um we've got um something we've been talking to our manager about in the works but i don't want to yeah um, no you're fine <laughs> say what that is yet it's uh but it'll be it'll be fucking sick sweet sweet um yeah so for fans that, you know, maybe aren't super familiar with um, the energy of, of your shows, especially since you've only had three so far, um, mm-hmm. talk about kind of what goes into to your, you know, stage show or the plan for your stage show as it grows. Um, so we haven't done this yet, but we're um, working on it being um, like a very visual experience. Like we'll ha- um, we're working on some... Uh, video clips to go along with each song live that'll um just kind of be more of um more of like a visual aspect to it and the music almost just complementing it um that's kind of the goal that we're in the process of working on okay yeah trying to make it a little like almost cinematic type deal where there's that imagery Mm -hmm. and then the you guys being the the soundtrack if you will yeah yeah that's cool um, so as, uh, as we move forward with, with COVID, um, talking about the, the content and, and stuff that you guys want to produce, um, kind of what are some of the plans? Are you thinking like some, some YouTube, uh, behind the scenes or, you know what I mean? Like behind the music type stuff or what's kind of the plan for those other than the, the covers? Um, I mean, as far as that, I don't think. I don't think it'd be super interesting since it's um, all written separately. Um, I mean, it's not like we're really bouncing off of each other right now, except gotcha. for, um, I mean, obviously we bounce the ideas off of each other and um, like I'll record something and send it to everyone and they'll say, do this this way or whatever. And then um, we'll go through different versions till we agree. But um so it's not like there's not input from everyone, right. but it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see something like that being super, um, you know, uh, important from what we're doing right now. Right. Um, but we are looking into doing a sort of live stream show with, um, it's actually something our, our drummers from, uh, Kokomo also. And, um, there's a I forget the details on it, but he knows a shop owner that's trying to do um, some live stream concerts. So I think that's um, also in the near future for us. Um, and I mean, that'll be some cool content just to um, for some of these songs to be heard live for the first time. Yeah. Awesome. Um, there's a couple people up here doing it. So I, I think I have an idea of who who it might be that's uh, that you guys are working mm-hmm. with. But again, we won't jump into details until we have something hammered out. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think that's that's pretty close to everything I've got for you um, okay. on, on this particular episode. I'm sure we're going to be talking again, especially with us being so local and, and yeah. whatnot. Um, 
so one thing that I've I've started doing because um, again I've been doing this for fifteen years plus now. Mm-hmm. Ending interviews always sucks because it's going to be the same question. And I'm still going to get to that question, but <laughs> I've been doing this thing where I'm I'm just giving people kind of the the oddball question or whatever. If you could have dinner with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be, and why would you want to have that dinner? Oh, probably Tom DeLonge because I want to try and pry him um, about some of the uh, extraterrestrial stuff he knows uh, yeah. that because he's had all these talks with people in like the DOD and the Pentagon and NASA and um, just want to see if I can pry anything out. Yeah, he's if I remember right, I don't remember if it came out yet or not. He's working on like a documentary for all that, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, he's had a few in the works. Um, one of them, there was a it's a show called The Unidentified in the first season uh, aired through History Channel, I think, like the end of last year. Um, it's just it's a great show. That's uh, really cool to see everything he's doing. Um, but, yeah, I'm super interested in all of that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, talk about a, a pop punk legend, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> a, Blink is definitely why I got into music. I uh, listened to them since I was five, and I remember End of the State coming out and it being huge and just always been a fan since. That made me feel really old because I think I was in like seventh or eighth grade when that album came out. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, but I, I agree. Blink's always been one of my favorite bands. Um, mm. You know, they're, they're really high on my list of people that just – understood their their image and still do you know understand their image and their crowd base and everything and have really Mm -hmm. mastered the marketing of it and the showmanship absolutely cool cool man again i appreciate your time uh what we're going to do for the the final you know give you Mm -hmm. a a couple minutes here to um pretty much plug anything you want um promote your your socials and things like that we'll we'll link all of them obviously but um, go ahead sure. and, you know, tell people where they can find you and just what you've, you know, what you want them to know, I guess. All right. Uh, you can find our, uh, two records, uh, dystopian dream part one, American mind and part two land of the free on all major, uh, streaming platforms. Uh, we're on all social medias. Uh, everything is karma kids. I N, um, definitely listen to those and let us know what you think. I definitely want feedback. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, you know, we'll we'll keep in touch. Like I said, we'll put out this and and you know link all your socials and and do a little lift for you as far as blasting this as much as we can. Um, and hopefully, you know the the COVID thing goes away soon and we can start having shows. And I'd be happy to come out do some photography for for you guys and all that. And you know, really yeah, see where awesome. this thing goes. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Cool, cool, man. I appreciate your time. And uh, like I said, you know, we'll we'll keep in touch and just stay safe. And hopefully this thing will blow over. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with John from the band Karma Kids. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know I did. Um, really excited to see where this project goes, you know, timing kind of sucked on everything uh, by no fault of, of theirs. But, you know, with COVID happening when it happened, it really put a damper on some of the tours and shows that they had planned and things like that. Um, but, you know, we we hope to be able to start having at least some sort of shows soon. Um, here in Indiana, it looks like 
you know, small gatherings are going to start being allowed to happen um, here in the next few weeks, really, um, that they'll they'll be increasing the amount of people that are allowed to gather at one time. So for the smaller indie shows and things like that, it's going to be potential that there's live music again very soon. And, you know, hopefully uh, Karma Kids will be able to take part in that and, you know, get out and and let people really experience this two-disc album. Um, this This little project has been... Again, really cool. The energy that's within it, um, the songwriting, the whole, um, just the the background to it. You know, the the message behind the music is is very strong, and um, you know we're we're excited to see it uh, unfold for them. So be sure to check them out. Uh, I will have links to all of their social medias and things like that. The album, both discs are available on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, you know, the, the whole nine yards, wherever you listen to your music, there's, uh, you know, options for you with Karma Kids. So check it out. Let them know what you think of the album. Uh, let us know what you thought of the conversation. And, you know, be sure to like and subscribe and follow and all that fun stuff that we tell you to do every week. Um, we are running some contests right now for Facebook and Instagram. Um, so basically if you like our page on Facebook and you share it, once we get over a certain number of, of total likes on the page, we're giving away some free merch. And then on Instagram, it's kind of similar, except it's a post that we're, uh, promoting, to get more likes, so tag your friends on that post, have them like it, things like that, and kind of the same thing, you know, once the the Instagram page gets above a certain number of likes, we're going to be giving away some merch, Um, and yeah, you know, hopefully again, we'll be able to get out to some live music soon, and and hook up with some of these bands that we've talked to, and, um, you know, photograph their, their live shows, and give you guys, and you know, bring you guys just more content, more, um, you know, more, more music. So, um, gonna take you guys out with a song from Karma Kids off their new album, Dystopian Dream, Part 2, Land of the Free. And that song is going to be Matrix. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.